Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Andy. And before we get started with today's episode, I wanted to let you know about RebateJet.com. What is RebateJet? Well, it's a piece of software that I created that will help Amazon sellers get their products noticed. You can launch with promo codes, rebates. Not only that, but you can list your product for free on the RebateJet third-party marketplace. You don't pay a single penny unless you make a sale. And when you do, it's only a $1 flat fee per product. Try it today, RebateJet.com. Welcome to the Seller Roundtable e-commerce coaching and business strategies with Andy Arnott and Amy Wees. Right. And I think it's so important to look at your placement too. What I like about your launch strategy is that you're focused on very relevant keywords. I think a lot of people spend a lot of money on so many irrelevant keywords or they'll put way too many keywords in a campaign and their relevant keywords aren't getting impressions because one, you know, broad match is running away with the entire budget and, you know, they just don't have the ability to really look at that um, at a, at a really great level, right? Where you guys are taking just a few super relevant keywords, you're really focused in, you're checking your placement, you're looking where you are organically. Amazon's definitely making it tougher, because there are more um, sponsored ad placements now on the page. You got to get like three quarters of the way down the page now before you even start seeing organic listings. And the other day, we can see that they're testing more sponsored ad placements at the top because they've been testing that. They've had like eight spots for ads. Uh, They've been turning that on and off lately. So I, I think it's going to be harder and harder, but the one thing that we can learn from this ninja trick that you get, just gave us is that it's important to also check where your ads are compared to your organic placement. Like it's great. Make sure you're at the top of page one for that super relevant keyword that you're going to convert all day on, but then also take a look on those lesser important keywords where you're still on page one, have that sponsored ad below it right? Where it's, it's not so much. So adjust your bids accordingly. I love it. That's a great, great trick, Andy. Yeah. I was just going to say one of the biggest things, you know, I've, I've spent, I looked at my account the other day, just cause I was like, you know, how much, how much uh, PPC have I done just in my own account? It was like $2.1 million since I started, <laughs> but I've been doing this for a long time. Uh, but one of the things uh, that I had to learn the hard way, which you guys won't have to spend that much to learn a lot of these things, is uh, one of the most basic things, which I'll t- I mean, so many people, all, you know, when, when, when we got hired to go look at some PBC accounts and we go in there, it's trimming the fat, right? They're, they just, they're not looking at the data and going, oh, these, you know, 30 keywords since the beginning haven't given me any sales. And I hate turning keywords off, but I love... Uh, you know, turning them off by bid. In, in other words, you know, reducing bid to the point where it's not going to show unless a major uh, co- uh, competitor drops off or, you know, something happens. The chances are pretty slim, but I, I hate turning keywords off. Uh, but just trimming the fat and, and you know, once again, going 80-20, right? Looking at the 10 to 20 keywords that are performing over and over again and, you know, putting pushing that budget towards those keywords that you know are are working, um, especially if you're budgeting out, right? If you, if every day you log into your account and by noon you're, 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 you're out of budget and you can't scale that budget or it's not performing well enough or something like that, the easiest way to then optimize those, those, you know, that PPC is to turn off what's not working and concentrate on what is working. So, um, more to, uh, you know, th- that's kind of staying focused that Dave and Ryan seem to do in terms of PPC. 
Yeah, I know. I think PPC is a, is a, is a beast. And I, exactly like you said, Andy, like we've all been there where you see a campaign that converts, you know, one out of 11 clicks and you're like, oh, it, it got a sale and you don't want to turn it off, but, or you, you kind of want to turn it off, but you don't. And uh, what, what Dave and I saw was, you know, look, our, our organic listing, like our unit session percentage, if you look at the business report, you know, our conversion was maybe, you know, 30, 35% on this one listing. And then we were looking at keywords that were only converting, you know, one out of of 10 normally i think 10 percent would be good but in for this product we're like actually that's hurting our unit session percentage so you know tone that down or, or even pause it you know so look at your unit session percentage and kind of use that as a benchmark your, your ppc shouldn't be bringing too far below it yeah. too far yeah i love looking at organic versus ppc sales and placement and just it's you got to look at all the pieces of the puzzle and make sure you're understanding your metrics because you know it's you got to be able to measure things right so speaking of measuring success, let's talk about scaling. How did you guys scale? Yeah, so uh, it, it, it came from, so the first step is that whole mentality thing. Always thinking bigger than you currently are, right? Because right now you're small when you start, you're small, but always think next. So anytime that we would write even a purchase order, I, I would discuss with Ryan and be like, look, we got to build this so that if, you know, next time we place an order, if it's bigger, that it supports a bigger order. And we do everything on Excel because we love Excel. So we even did a purchase order on Excel where we just have to type in the units. It would totally auto-populate all the specs to all those units for all the color variations and everything is done. And every purchase order we would say, okay, we got to edit this because we're changing it a bit, we're getting bigger. Next purchase order will be easier. And now we're, and we've been saying that for a while, but now we're actually at the point- Finally, where, it's, at a, it, it's, it's finally at a place <laughs> where we literally, so then we have this order forecast where we have this sheet where we look at the SKUs that we want to order and we just copy and paste that forecast number into the purchase order first page and it's fully done. So we order $250,000 worth of goods in China and it takes us four minutes to do it. So having those systems in place allows us to kind of scale bigger because the business just, it goes, it, when it, once it gets momentum, those purchase orders come fast. And you feel like, oh man, we just had one. We just did the inspection. Oh yeah, we need an inspection checklist. So like, we don't want to restart our work every time we go sit down. So we say, as we build the business, we got to build everything to be like a procedure that we can just, you know, modify a bit, but then reuse every time it comes up. And that's, that's a nice sweet spot where we're at now, where we feel like if we have to have another inspection or a mid inspection or, or a shipment, that it, everything's a much, much faster now. And it's, it's a steep learning curve, but I mean, once you figure it out, you can make these processes. It's yeah. yeah. And, and so now for the scaling part, I mean, obviously we needed some financial support too. So once we saw, okay, we understand our system. We know we can work well together. We, we think we figured out Amazon. We're going to need some funding because we knew we needed to leverage what we had already built to scale bigger. Um, so Dave called his mom. And I called my mom. I said, please. No, and um, so we are lucky, and that's where networking came into effect, right? So luckily, we're part of all these different Facebook groups, and we saw that you know someone posted in a Facebook group, "Hey, I'm working together with this startup. They're starting to fund these sellers, and you know, uh, if anyone ever needs some funding, right, contact us." And I remember this was. I mean, our, our, our good product, our first good product had just launched. We literally had a couple weeks of sales data, but we had this epic forecasting system where we, we knew that we were on track and we knew we were going to hit the numbers. It was for us math. 
Um, and we convinced this startup to actually fund us for $300,000. Um, so that was our first round of funding. And then the second round of funding, they gave us a million. So we've been just with that money, we've been able to pay them back. It's great. We have great margins. So that allowed us to grow that fast. And it was just because we had the systems in place, the forecasting in place, um, that they, they believed in us. And I think it's been pretty good so far. That's amazing. Yeah. I love that you built, you started with the end in mind, you're building processes along the way. You're thinking, how can I make it so that I don't have to manually do this ever again? <laughs> That's so, so important. And it's something most of us start with that kind of technician mindset and we're self-employed first before we actually, um, you know, move on to starting to build out those processes and grow our team. So I love that you guys did that and that you looked at your forecast and you got that money ahead of time because that also stops people, you know, it trips people up. So it's really awesome. And All one, right. and one, one, one trick to give on that, on the whole like, yeah. thinking of the end game. So, I mean, Ryan, he, he's similar. He's a scientist. He, he works on stuff daily and he, he did it. And I'm like, oh, we got it. I told Ryan, when we're working on Excel, I want you to, every time you open an Excel sheet, I want you to make it as if we're going to be able to sell it to someone else. That is never, they have nothing to do with our business. That's how we got to think of it. Let's build it and we got to sell it. So right? started making them pretty, putting in Make borders. it pretty, <laughs> put in borders. They're exactly. very pretty. I can attest that your spreadsheets well, are so, very pretty. So we're like scientific in here. And I'm like, look, we're working together. So I got to be able to open your sheet. You got to open that. mine. No, they're good. They're good. <laughs> but I wanted it to be pretty because then there's two things happen. One, you get excited to use your own tools. Two, they're built so good that they're good for multiple use cases down the line. So you don't, it's not just a one-off. You can use it, uh, you know, in two, three months when you do another product, you use the same sheet. And then three, now we were actually able to start selling these Excel sheets and we're actually doing a side hustle to our side hustle. So it's, it's just been a, it's a little trick. Build your systems as if you're going to sell that system to someone else. I love that. I do the same thing. I learn everything so that I can teach it. And at the same time, I learn it at a really great level. And I also have created something that I can give to someone else and charge money for. So it's, it's a great process. And I know that you guys give great value with your, with your sheets. Andy did the same thing. He built tools, software tools. He built seller SEO in response to him running his Amazon business. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's really great to have the tools that you need to be able to scale your business, especially if you build them yourself and you can get other people to, uh, you can give other people help at the same time. So awesome. Where else do you guys sell? Do you just sell on Amazon? You mentioned you started selling on Walmart. Do you sell on other channels besides Amazon and Walmart? Uh, so no, we're just on Amazon, Walmart, and uh, we have our own Shopify store as well. So those three channels. And uh, I mean, Amazon is still the, the bulk of the sales, but it's, you know, Walmart is, we just, we just got approved for Walmart fulfillment service. So WFS. So we're excited about that so that, you know, we can, because I, you know, we we're still learning the Walmart algorithm, but yeah. we're excited that maybe being WFS. Um, the two-day shipping is huge for ranking, right? Yeah. Yes. So, I, everything that, else on Walmart's algorithm is totally jacked. <laughs> but if you do the if you do shipping, it's pretty good. I've been playing around with the guys at course let us know yeah let us know we'll be in because yeah yeah no i've been i've been connected with the guys at data spark who created this you know walmart data tool and they're playing around with stuff too trying to figure out especially for private label products how you get those to the top of search because 
on Walmart, everything's about like sales. And, um, you know, if you search for something like dog toy, you also get like kids toys on Walmart. It's, no, it's, it's totally so jacked some, up. So some search terms, they actually pull up just like a category thing where you can like yeah. categories. You don't even see products. I'm like, I just search. I want the products, but they make you go into these nodes. So we still haven't figured it out, but. Well, we know to keep in touch. We're, we'll, we'll all, <laughs> as we figure out Walmart, you know, we'll, we'll, help, we'll each help each other. We'll help each other, exactly. <laughs> well, I think it's Andy's turn. Yeah. So, questions. <laughs> oh, I should have cleared my throat first, right? So guys, what I'm uh, curious about is, you know, with all the stuff going on in the world, um, you know, what are you guys going to do to hedge against things like supply chain issues, labor issues, and just like the general turmoil that's going on in the world right now? Yeah, I know. Really good question. So that was actually a strategy that we kind of had um, before. So when we were about to place our third order in the year, so that's like our Q3 order, um, Ryan and I, we looked at our numbers and we looked at the financing that we had got. We just had a really good Q2 and we said, look, how about we just take half of our Q4 order and order it prematurely on purpose? Because what we saw was a trend and in increase of uh, shipping costs. And we said, and then we did a, like a cross calculation would the inventory placement at our 3PL, the cost associated to that, be offset by increase of shipping? And it was almost break even. We said, look, the containers are going up so much. We are sending six containers now at a time. So let's just send you know, three of those containers that we're going to do for Q4 early. We'll store them. It'll be 10000 a month, let's say, storage fees. But we'll, it'll be break even and we'll be sure to have the goods you know, stateside for Q4 guaranteed. So now we have a lot less pressure with the delays because we're always like three, four months ahead of an inventory stateside. We're able to do that, obviously, because of a, a very solid sales period in Q2 and the financing that we had. But we've now tried to use that to also implement it in our business to say at any given point, we've got to have at least three months at in the States, um, which is good news because yesterday, our supplier wrote us that they got the power shortage uh, notification in China, that they're going to be shut down. They're only going to be on like half production speed. So we're able to now say it's okay. We know we have goods in that'll last us till March, but we're placing the order now already just to try to advance our lead time. Yeah. Yeah. And I think kind of the other side of that story is like, yeah, getting in ahead of Q4, but going out of stock on Amazon sucks. <laughs> like, I think you guys can attest to that. You know, when you pump money and time and effort into ranking a product and then you go out of stock and you're out of stock for two months and then just, you, you got to start the train going again and just pump so much more money and, and, um, and effort into it. So we're like, we just don't want to go out of stocks. So let's make sure we have enough stock on American soil to essentially make sure we don't do that again. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. One of the things that I was lucky uh, about is, you know, years ago, I did a lot. I started as Merchant Fulfilled, right? So before I even did FBA, I was Merchant Fulfilling. And so um, I was lucky enough to, to have enough property to where I would just literally have, I think I Amy, I think at one point I sent Amy pictures of this, but I had like containers in my backyard um, and that was my, my 3PL. So I didn't have to pay anyone, but I had stock and I would, you know, order extra every Q4 and you know, as the, uh, one of our main products that sells amazing every Q4 would, as it scaled up every year, I'd have that extra stock and everybody else would run out. And that's, you know, where I'd, I'd make my money. So it's awesome that you guys are pre-planning the people who don't pre-plan. We say this every year. It's like the, the people who don't pre-plan and, and run out of stock. What you don't realize is as you, as more and more sellers, as you get close to the holidays, more and more sellers stock out. Right. So all of a sudden now, if you still have stock in, you're in the best position possible because then you can start scaling back 
your ads, you can start uh, increasing your pricing. Like you, you, you're in the spot now where it's like, uh, you know, now instead of making, you know, 30 bucks a unit or whatever it is, you're, you're now making 50 or, you know, just because now you're able to scale not only your, your, uh, your ads back, but also increase your price at the same time. Oh, definitely. And you know, what's a very good comparison to that? This is something with PPC is budgets. So the way that everyone sets up their budgets, right, is that it starts at the beginning of the sales day. And if you set a budget for $50, it's going to run out, let's say, I don't know, by 6 p.m. And then there's a lot of, you know, then you're not running ads at, at the evening time. So what we actually learned is that if you actually bid less, your budget stretches out and the cost per clicks at the end of the day are so much cheaper because there's less competition. Most people are not running ads in the evening because they're out of budget for the big keywords. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I have an episode. If you guys go back through the the podcast, go look for day parting. And that was one of the strategies that I, especially like uh, in the weeks leading up to, um, you know, like uh, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, things like that, people are going crazy on bids, right? And usually it's a losing battle. But what I would do is I would day part in the beginning of the day. So till like noon, no ads, and then turn them on at noon. And then for the rest of the day, it would run. Now, all of a sudden, I'm, I'm blowing through that budget, but my clicks are way cheaper because so many other sellers have now budgeted out already throughout the day because of those, you know, cost per click has gone up so much. So and yeah, I love that. Manually? Or uh, no. So in seller SEO, there's a, you, you can literally just kind of like drag hours on like when you want your ads. to. and I also did a ton of testing where I'd have campaigns that would just come on like super early in the morning, like one right. to 3am. Like I was doing all kinds of time testing. Uh, and there's some interesting stuff that comes out of that. Um, you uh, know, how does the software do it though? Does it actually pause it or does it just, it, 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 yep. It pauses it. It yep. pauses it. Okay. And yep, so it'll pause any it. negatives because we just heard in the community some people saying never turn off a you know i i've heard that but i think it's if it's in the same day so in other words if you don't turn it off for multiple days um i don't think i don't think it has an adverse effect i mean you you can of course test it right so just right, spin right. up a campaign with like one keyword and test it um but yeah there's the especially during the holidays you know everybody yeah. talks trash about day parting but i i definitely saw some really interesting um effects by using day parting because what we did we we were using a software what they were doing is they were just actually just incrementally increasing your budget so you would say like look i want to spend six hundred dollars or whatever a day and they would say okay well a lot then you know a hundred dollars in the first three hours and the next hundred dollars on the next three hours or whatever and they would incrementally increase it but we didn't actually like that method so we stopped doing yeah. that yeah yeah, there, there's, yeah there's a lot of other interesting things you can do too is you can spin up you know two of the same campaigns with different bids and you can have right. one that runs at one part of the day, stop it, and then start the other one. Like, there's a lot of fun things you can do there. Um, at some point, I would love to be able to automate all of that. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah there, there's some there's some fun stuff with PPC that you can start to. Uh, oh, and so creative from. too, right? Like, we'll we'll do waterfall campaigns, right? Like, we'll yep. we'll make sure ones just bug the competitors at the beginning of the day. Yeah, I think those came yep. from Brian Johnson, and they yeah. worked they worked they really worked well. well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's there's yeah. I mean, PPC is an art. People don't realize that. You know, they think it's all cut and dried. You know, even even the PPC experts out there, if you ask, you know, they're going to have 10 different ways to do things. But it, what's cool is to look at, I always tell people like, you know, don't take my word for it. Take what I say, go research it, see what other people are doing and then test it all and see what works or take some of the, you know, some of the stuff people are doing here and combine it with this. And I mean, there's, there's so much fun to me. PPC is one of the, the most fun parts of Amazon. Um, but I'm, I, I love marketing and ads. So to me, that's, it's, it's always a blast to go in and, and turn dials. 
So guys, one of the other things uh, I would love for you to share is, you know, everybody always shares, you know, especially with guys who are like you who are being successful is, you know, they think it's like so easy to like get to where you are. I would love for you guys to kind of talk about like some of the struggles that you guys went through. And, you know, like I, like I've told people on the podcast before there were, uh, you know, holes in my wall, you know, I started selling on Amazon in 2012. There were holes in my wall uh, on occasion because of some of the just absolute like beyond frustrating things that you run into on Amazon, any big hurdles that you guys ran into and, and kind of how, how'd you plow through them? Yeah. Um, oh, so many, right? Like, <laughs> so many. I mean, we got scars. Yeah. yeah we got scars. It's, it, and it's, it's so tricky. And I think the hardest thing is just to tell yourself, Hey, it's temporary. I think the more hurdles that you have, the more you realize, Hey, we just passed those 10 and we thought that was going to be the end of it. You know, where there was a failed inspection with a really, bad product and you're like well and oh no we didn't catch it or the first one star review um so what we had our biggest biggest one i think to date was when we we were out of we had a massive massive uh, march april may and then we're fully out of stock and it took us till july to get it ready and they had the restock limit so we said okay that's fine we sent in twenty thousand units to amazon ltl pickup i'm like we'll be back in stock in no time and it went into like a middle warehouse somewhere, it's Narnia, somewhere. Narnia <laughs> and Amazon just said, yeah, no. And they didn't give you a tracking number because if it's an Amazon partner carrier, the um, Amazon ground logistic AGL, they said it'll be dropped off within 24 hours of pickup. So you don't need a tracking number. So we didn't have a tracking number. So we we're trying to go and no one knew where it was. And it took two months. So now, and the problem is in the system, it says there's 20,000 units inbound. We weren't able to send in more. So, and we have this financing and we have to pay back all this financing money. And we, so like, we're like, ah, oh, luckily we had some profit. We, we haven't paid ourselves out ever yet. Uh, you know, we had Katie and cheese, like oh <laughs> we God. haven't eaten. So um, that was a big stressor just because you felt so helpless. It wasn't in your control. We didn't make a mistake, right? And I think that's the hardest thing. And that's also the one thing where we just take a step back and say, look, this isn't our fault. It happened. Um, we keep, we stay on top of it. Uh, we talk to then the people that finance us. We said, we got to readjust the payment schedule. There's no way we can do it. It's not our fault. Uh, they were super understanding. So that was good. And that was a lesson to realize, like, if it's, if it's not our control, there's no real point of stressing about it. We just have That's to deal with it. Yeah, that's such a great point. That was one of the things that, you know, I finally learned after doing this for years is, you know, you have to be the squeaky wheel, right? You have to be on Amazon's back. But after you do that, like sitting around stressing, pulling your hair out does absolutely nothing for you. So, you know, take a step back, be like, okay, so I have this inventory issue. I can't do anything about that, like you said. Um, so rather than stress about that, why don't I go back and like maybe work on my images? Like, in other words, you know, divert that attention, that stress that, you know, I need uh, that feeling of, I need to do something. I need to get something done and channel that into something else to, to put that energy into, because otherwise, like you said, you just sit around and stew. Like, you know, like I said, I, I literally punched a hole in my wall once, uh, this was way back in the day, you know, during Q4 when there was literally no way to get rid of hijackers. And we had a Chinese hijacker come in and, um, pretty much hijack our entire catalog, but like 400 SKUs for almost the entire, you know, you're talking about net probably 300 grand worth of profit. Um, you know, I think it was back in like 2013, 14, some, somewhere around then. And there's nothing I could do. I mean, I was on the phone every day 
to like 10 different people and they're just like, yeah, sorry. You know, like, well, you, you have to do the test order. You know, this is back when, do you remember the whole test order thing? Yeah. And you know, it would take like from China, like two months and they would send you like a keychain instead of the product. Like it was, <laughs> oh, they no. were, I mean, back then it was like the wild West and it was so, so hard uh, to, to, you know, to get anything done. But, you know, like you said, those were back then it was like, there were so many hard knocks that it was just like, by the end of steel, there's not very much on Amazon now that people can be like, Hey, I, you know, ran into this. How can I fix it? I'm like, Oh, you do this, this, and this I've done this like 10 times by now, you know? So, um, yeah, I think that the most successful people in e-commerce, not only on Amazon, but in general are the ones who are just willing to take that stress, push through it, get to the next uh, spot because, you know, 80% of the people are like, oh, this sucks and throw up their hand and they're done. Right. So that's kind of the motivating thing, isn't it? It's like just knowing that if you persevere and you stick through, you're going to be like, you know, one of those two out of 10 people who actually makes it. And so that kind of drives you eh? like see the bumps in the road as like toughening you up and getting you ready for the long journey. Yeah. And I think in flying, we do it all the time, right? Like if our engine is on fire, we'll, we'll notice the engine is on fire. So we notice the issue, but then our energy is, you know, spent on fixing the issue and not on the problem. Like we, we forget that there's an engine fire because we're just working our checklist. Um, and I think we try to apply that now to the Amazon business. It took you a and long that's... time to get the first flying metaphor. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I've been, I've been <laughs> holding myself back, guys. No, that, that, that's actually an, an excellent analogy. Uh, you know, the, the whole checklist uh, in an aircraft. Uh, what was it? BC Gump? Is that the acronym? I think I still remember it. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but um, uh, that was the, what they taught us in school. But anyway, um, uh, yeah, it's it, it, that was the, another thing. You know, I was trying to, to, to share my uh, failure so other people don't have to is systems and processes and knowing your numbers. I mean, those are some of the basic things that I didn't have when I started. And if I would have known that back then, I mean, I could have scaled probably to, uh, you know, an eight, nine, 10, you know, who knows? I mean, I could have just scaled to, to uh, infinity if I knew some of those things back then. But, you know, back then I was a, a computer guy and, and an aviation guy and, you know, e-commerce was just like, Hey, I can put stuff on Amazon. It sells like crazy, you know, and that yeah. was kind of the the basics, right? So those are, are, are some of the things that I, I would really implore people to know your numbers, build systems, even if it's just in a Google doc and you're yeah. sitting down one day and you're, you're, you're doing like merchant fulfilled, just write down your process. Cause then when you do scale, you can hand that off. Not only that, but just in consistency, right? If anybody hasn't seen the McDonald's um, documentary on YouTube, I forget the name of it. Um, as systems go, it's fascinating to see that you know, a guy came in, pretty much just took the business over, saw the systems in place and just doubled down and just kept making the systems better and better. McDonald's hamburger is crap. I don't eat fast food, but I used to, but I still am uh, floored at that, those systems in place, right? The consistency, the, you do it this time, every time, and then the customer knows what to expect. I think it, it, it can translate easily into this. So I love that. All right, guys. So one of the things that we love to do and in this business, you have to do is always, you know, continue to learn anything that you guys are into right now in terms of, you know, personal, personal development was late for me, but to me, that's one of the first things you can start on. You, you should start on any, any kind of motivational things you're doing, any podcasts, books, anything that's really kind of changed your perspective or made a big impact in your life or in your business. Oh, that's a good question. I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm just starting to get back into it, but, you know, doing mindfulness practice and, and, you know, some meditation in the evening using, you know, there's several apps available now. Um, I use one called Mindspace and it's, you know, cause 
you know, I'm, I'm, my lab, I'm in the lab all day. My brain is going, it's analytical. And then when I get home, it's just Amazon, Amazon, Amazon. So it never stops. And I just to remind yourself to take even just five or 10 minutes out of the day um, and just, you know, just take some time to turn your brain off and just calm down, <laughs> calm the storm. Um, I think that's been really helpful. Um, and then the, the second thing that I, that I like to do is, you know, there's so kind of in the same thing, there's a lot of voices, uh, not only in your heads, but in the Amazon world too. And I love to just, or I guess we love to find the, you know, just the five or six voices that we'd like to listen to uh, that we really trust. And just, you know, when they put out new content, you know, listen to it, take, take the learnings, um, but just kind of tune out all the other noise because you, you just find the people you trust. Yeah. And uh, for me on a personal level, I mean, I love reading. So there's a couple of books that I always like to pick up. Uh, a really good one is Atomic Habits, Atomic Habits, sorry. Um, and that's just one. It's talking about habits and, you know, what's the basis behind it. Make something that you hate doing associated with something that you love. So, for example, if you love going on Facebook in the morning and checking the news feeds, then tell yourself you got to do 10 push-ups before you're allowed to do that. And now the 10 push-ups become so much easier because there's an instant reward after. Um, stuff like that. I think I've done so much, like, readings about, you know, self-development and all that stuff. But what this last year and a half has allowed, year and a half has allowed me to do was actually to implement it and to really see how much work is required on yourself, right? So we can all read about staying calm and not having fights. And then, you know, Ryan and I will burst at each other, have a massive fight and be like, hey, I thought we were both supposed to be calm and mindful, right? <laughs> uh, so the business has allowed us to put all the theory into practice a bit, which has been fun. And then what we like to do is we like to reflect on it, debrief it a bit, talk it out and you know, try to learn from it. And always celebrate the wins, no matter how yeah. small, you know, like <laughs> we fire up the barbecue. Sorry, Dave fires up his massive barbecue. <laughs> and, uh, cooks, we cook some burgers and put on some music and just celebrate, you know, uh, every little win, every little launch, every victory. Yeah. I love it. Fantastic. All right. So the other thing that's the, uh, the most important question of the podcast is how do you say take off hoser in German? Take off hoser? Oh, take off your hoser. <laughs> I didn't realize you guys were Canadian. Sorry, I had to throw that out there. You know, I went to college in North Dakota, so we'd always cross over into Winnipeg. That's, that's like Love Canada it. South. <laughs> Canada South, right? <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, thank you so much for being on. Uh, how can people get a hold of you guys? Uh, anything you guys want to plug? Please uh, let people know, uh, you know, what, what you guys are up to next. Yeah, so I mean, we're always trying to, you know, figure out what's the next thing that we're doing right now. What we like to do is uh, connect with people that are also selling. And we actually share all of the Excel sheets that we use for our business. Like we said, we built all our Excel sheets with the intent of maybe selling them one day. We did that just to make sure that they're better. Um, and we're actually selling them. You guys can find us on Facebook. We have a group called the Van Dog Group. And it's uh, super small. I think Amy was the second person in it. Uh, <laughs> we celebrated that one. Awesome. Uh, I love it. But it's fun. It's a small group, right? And our, our main goal now is we're going to scale the business. We're going to exit it next year. And then we're going to focus more on, you know, maybe doing another brand or just focusing maybe on helping other people do the same thing that we did. Uh, and I'm going to buy an airport. Wow. I love it. Absolutely love it. An airport or just one of those houses where you can like, where it's like a community airstrip that you can like land and like pull into your garage. Right. No, I'm actually going to buy the airport. So <laughs> I'm actually going to like, everyone's laughing when I tell them, but I'm actually doing it. I can't wait. Oh, I, I love it. That's it. awesome. It's, it's near my hometown in Montreal. And I went to take a look at it in August and it's awesome. I just need the business to keep working the way it's working. I got to get the right timing for the sale. And then I'm going to buy that airport. So I already put in a little offer 
and I'm super excited. My wife gets to move home and I get to, that, that would be a dream come true. If a little boy uh, like me buys his airport. So I absolutely love it. You know, it's, it's like uh, uh, Gary V saying, you know, he's going to buy the, the jets. I love it. If you don't have that audacious goal, you'll never get to it. Right. So well, exactly. absolutely. Got to dream big. Cause the, it's such a rough road to get there, but that airport keeps me so motivated. That's awesome. I love that so much. Hey guys, it was really nice meeting you. Thank you so much for being on. Really appreciate it. We'll see you guys again, hopefully sometime soon in the near future so we can get some updates on what you guys are up to. Thank you so much for being on. All right. Thanks, Andy. Thanks, Thanks Andy. so much, guys. Yeah. All right, guys. And if you have not done so yet, please rate, review, subscribe. We really appreciate when you guys do that. Share it with friends if you think they're going to get some uh, value out of this, guys. And as usual, we do this live Tuesday, 1 p.m. Pacific time, sellaroundtable.com forward slash live. Join us. You can be in the, the Zoom meeting. Um, so you can ask Dave and Ryan, like, we're going to stop the uh, the recording, stop the broadcast, and you guys get some behind the scenes if you join us live. So we'll see you guys next time on the Sell Around Table. Thanks so much. Thanks for tuning in. Join us every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for live Q&A and bonus content after the recording at sellerroundtable.com. Sponsored by the ultimate software tool for Amazon sales and growth, sellerseo.com and amazingathome.com.